Hey everybody, it's the Ron and Don Show. Ronanddon.com. All right, what's going on, you guys? Episode number 56 of the Ron and Don Show. We heard your plea. Now you got three. Three episodes. They drop every Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And we appreciate it if people go out and share the episodes, right? Absolutely. If you can click on those three dots at the bottom of the Apple player, hit share, uh, and then put it on your Facebook, on your Twitter, on your Instagram, even if you just share it with one other person via text, share and subscribe, share and subscribe. That's how we're going to grow this thing. Yeah. If you want to be a part of bringing the Ron and Don Show back, we need you to go to glow.fm slash Radio. That's glow.fm slash Ronadon Radio. You can find that in the show notes on episode number 56. And sponsor us $5 a month, $10 a month, $15 a month, $20 a month, a million dollars a month. If you'd like to give us $1 million a month, yeah. uh, I would not say no. Glow.fm slash Ronadon Radio and be a part of something bigger than yourself. Coming up here, who just paid $21.5 million? $21.5 for a bunch of guitars. And why'd they buy these guitars? We'll get to that. And then also a little bit later. A Ron and Don sit down. What's it like to sit down with us? Uh, we'll tell you about that. But first, let's get to this. I just walked into Ron's house, and where did all the clutter go? Uh, it's kind of amazing. We're recording this show on a Sunday. Uh, you have been very sincere about tackling clutter. And I think a lot of people are going through this right now. I talked to a friend of mine that's at EMT the other day. And he said, when we go into these homes, you see people at their worst. You also see their houses at their worst. Because a lot of times, if you're having a Christmas party, you clean up. And you put your best foot forward. But if you call someone in the middle of the night because you had a heart attack and people show up, he said, Don, it's amazing how many people hoard, how many people have such clutter. He says, sometimes we'll walk into a house and we can't even get to the patient or we have to dig our way to find the patient. It seems like being a minimalist, this has really resonated with a lot of people across the country, including you, Ron. Yeah, so uh, we talked about this on episode 52 of my embarrassing situation where I seem to, like I have a bunch of stuff, I can't seem to get a, a, a rid of it, especially in my closet. Actually, after we did that episode, so I put it on Facebook, a lot of people responded. I actually talked about it in, with my counselor that week. Oh, wow, good uh, for you. And then when the, so I'm trying to unravel this, figure out the why behind what I'm doing. When the show drops, though uh my brother listens in new mexico he sent me an angry text message because he actually rides a motorcycle he has a really nice motorcycle his wife has a motorcycle his best friend kevin has a motorcycle they do motorcycle trips throughout new mexico and colorado he's like how can you give away this expensive motorcycle jacket to don yeah he's like you could have sent that to me so so do you still have this this was my attempt to start the, to open the faucet of getting rid of stuff. Yeah. I had moved this motorcycle jacket five or six times. I hadn't been wearing it in at least four years. I gave you the motorcycle jacket, mm-hmm. and maybe we'll put a picture up on my uh, on my Facebook. I took now. a great picture of you and your motorcycle jacket for the do final you time. Still have it because if you do still have it, I want to get it back and maybe we send it, put it in a box, send it to my big brother uh, so that he can use it on his motorcycle. Well, do I still have it? Depends. Uh, what did you do with what the is jacket? Jacket. What is the jacket worth, do you think? The jacket, that jacket was at least were new. It's worth 200 yeah. 250 And a lot of people do this uh, New Year's. It's uh, January 1, so you get rid of one thing, and then January 2nd. Well, that's what I was going to talk about. Two. Okay, we'll get, we'll, we'll get to that, and I think this motorcycle jacket uh, might have been a part of that. I, I you, you told me, and I listened very carefully, which I normally don't do, right. which is incredible for me. Because uh, I never listen to anybody. Most of the time, because my ears are blown out because I've been wearing headphones for 25 years and I blew my headphones. So I can't hear anyone anyway. You told me, number one, take the jacket, which I did. Right. Number two, get rid of the jacket, which maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Number three, don't tell me 
I did say what that. What you do with the jacket. All right, so I That's retract it. I retract it. You I don't said, need don't, to know. You go back. Everybody go back to episode 52. It is very clear in 52 that you told me to not tell me what you do with the jacket. And now you're making demands, demanding what to... And are you doing this because your brother? Are you this and your is, brother? You know what? Are, am I having a, a dust you, up right now with you and your brother? I, you are right. Yes. I did say that. And now I'm coming back to try to get information. This is part of the problem. Yeah. So I'm going to drop it. My brother does not get the jacket. Okay. He'll have to buy his own jacket. Mm. And so I'm going to drop it and not bring it up ever again. Well, you know. This is my solemn word to you. I will never bring up the jacket again. Well, it's important. Uh, well, my brother did ask about the jacket. It's, a, it's important for you to know that I did exactly what I was told. That you told me to take the jacket. You told me to get rid of the jacket. The jacket is gone. Okay. The jacket is gone. The, the, the jacket's gone. Let me tell Mission you. Mission accomplished. Let me tell you what happened uh, with the jacket. So I'm I'm out. First, how nice of a jacket is it? What's that? It's a nice jacket. It's a really nice jacket. It's a warm jacket. It fits me uh, perfectly. I, I, I it has lo- a removable liner. Yeah. You can put the liner in, liner out. You got the pads. You can skid on the ground and not cool. get injured. Yeah. It's a really nice jacket. Yeah. So anyway, uh, I was out running on the east side, just doing a little uh, trail run over there. And I got done with the trail run. I went back to the parking lot. And I'm I'm I I'm I'm gonna try to meet a, my wife this year is what I decided okay. to do. I'm Perfect. Gonna, I'm gonna meet my wife. In order to do that, you have to start going different places, different spaces, and you have to start talking to people. And a lot of times when I do athletic stuff, I don't talk to anyone because I just kind of you know it's it, it's about me and finding my center. So if you see me at the gym or you see me somewhere else or go for a run or whatever, I'm usually not talking to people. And so I've decided I'm gonna try to talk to people that are more like me. Uh, because if I meet another trail runner, they're a trail runner, I'm a trail runner. Hey, that might be, that might be a good match right there. If they're already married, we can just get rid of that. Yeah. So, well, anyway, so anyway, I get to the end of this trail run and you know, we've had just some torrential downpours here and it's been so cold, uh, in Seattle too. So I'm over on the East side. I am back in the, in the parking lot and I had seen a girl that was running the other way on the trail and I want to meet her. But you know, if you're ever on a bike, or you're ever running and somebody else is, is is running the other way at seven miles an hour or coming by on a bike at 30 miles an hour, it's really hard to come up with an excuse about turning around and going to meet sure. them. And a and hundred times out of a hundred times, and that never if you works. do that, they're going to end up calling the, the police on you and you're going to end up handcuffed. Not that we know anything. And you're going to end up eating the old bologna sandwich in the Who's Cow uh, for probably uh, three or four days. So you don't want that to happen. But what you can do, I decide, is I'll just I'll linger. I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to linger back here in the parking lot. And so I'm out there and uh, Charlie is very dirty. So I'm out there and I'm grooming Charlie. And I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to be here. Well, I'm going to linger. Husband starter kit. You got a dog. Right. You got, uh, I got you're a, running. You I got, got a, a nine-year-old. I got a nine-year-old. Like, who yeah. wouldn't who wouldn't want to marry you? Yeah, and I got a forerunner. So there's, right. there's space for a family of, of four and maybe a couple dogs in there. So anyway, I'm sitting back there. I'm lingering. And she, to me, looked like kind of a Mercedes-Benz person. And there was also a BMW and a Honda there. So I recon... I, 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 I you moved, moved your truck to I, be closer to the, the BMW? I No, I put myself right between the BMW and the Mercedes. Nice, I knew it smart. Because I'm like, yeah, I don't... I, and I'm a Toyota So you're guy. judging her. You're saying she's not a Honda person. Totally. Yes. All right, and that's she's fair. she's not a Honda person. And she came back, and here she comes. And I think she's going to get in her Mercedes, but she gets in the BMW. And this is a 5 Series, and it's quite a rig because I used to have a 95. Power uh, windows, power doors? Power windows, locks, mirrors, cruise control. None of it worked. I couldn't afford a right. Beamer where everything kind of worked in it. But none of, I think it had been in a flood. So nonetheless, back to this story. She comes back. Boy, does she look cold. 
she looked really cold coming back from this run. And I uh, went over and I was there grooming my dog. Now, my dog has no hair left because I've been grooming my dog, pretending to groom for a bit. Because he was groomed in 20 minutes. It's about three hours later. I'm still brushing him. And he's like, hey, dude, when are we going to get out of here? So she comes over. I end up meeting her. Let's just call her Mary. Mary and I are having a discussion. She is shivering. And I'm like, you know what? Uh, let me go get something for you. Did you, you. And I went and I ran and I got your jacket because right. you told me to give That's the jacket to give the jacket away. That's fair. And uh and I was under the gun cuz this was just a couple days ago. So I took the jacket and I gave the jacket to her and she put the jacket on and she looked ridiculous cuz there's all this padding. There's all this jacket. Padding in case you go down on your motorcycle. It was it was it's ridiculous. Uh, Did you get her phone number, or so Facebook, or I, Twitter? I'm kind of moving toward that, and I'm and and I'm getting ready to kind of, you know, be bold here. Ask ask how do we? Because even though I appear to be an extrovert, in a lot of ways I'm shy. You know that I'm very much. So you're going to ask her for the jacket back, or what's your what's your angle I, here? I, I I gave her the jacket, and it was kind of a temporary thing. And I think I'm going to get the jacket back. Oh, nice. So she's so standing there, and it's raining, and I'm done talking. And I just either I'm going to get the phone number, or I'm not. And it seems like we're getting to this point in the conversation where I'm not going to get the uh, the phone number. And she has your jacket on, and it's like being back in high school. It's not my jacket anymore. When I was dating Cindy Sanchez, and she took my jacket, and she wore my jacket all winter long. And then in the summertime, when you don't want to wear your Letterman's jacket, that's when she gave me my jacket back, and she broke up. So how does this story end? She ended up thanking me uh, for the jacket and for the conversation. Uh, She gave me a hug. She got in the car, and she said, you know what? My husband's birthday is coming up. He's really going to enjoy this jacket as a birthday present. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Are you ready for a Ron and Don sit-down? Email the guys at ron at windermere.com. the uh, Ron and Don sit down. If you're ready to sit down with us and talk about your real estate journey, doesn't matter where you're at. Even if you're six months, 12 months, two years out, let's sit down. Uh, we'll come to us. You can come to... We'll come to you. Just right, Ron. Ron at Windermere.com. It's a Ron and Don sit down. We find out where you are on your journey, whether you're a buyer, seller, investor. Like we talked to Josh the other day. He's a local police officer. And he's like, yeah, I want to buy an investment property, which is right up my alley. So we've been talking investment properties. It's a lot of fun, too. So don't be afraid to reach out to us. And it doesn't matter how big the deal is, how small the deal is, or if there is no deal and you just need some advice, we're happy to do that. Uh, happy to do that. Again, just write Ron, Ron at Windermere.com. $21.5 million. And I know this had to be an interest to you because you have collected guitars. And Ron has actually built some guitars uh, over the years. I don't collect guitars. I, for some reason, have collected bicycles, so I have a number of those. Uh, but I had to ask you, uh, what was your take on this, and who paid $21.5 million for all these guitars, and where did the money go? And, of course, we also have to talk about Neil Pert, 
because a lot of guys out there our age are suffering right now because one of the greatest drummers of all time is no longer with us. Here's Ron as we uh, open up the music file. What do we got today? So the guitar uh, collection that was sold was David Gilmour from Pink Floyd. Uh, he decided to sell 300 instruments, and that's the it, the total was over $21 million. And so he th- this auction actually happened uh, several months ago, but we're recently learning who paid for the big ticket items. And so if, you, if you're a Pink Floyd fan at all, or if you followed him, his number one guitar is a black Stratocaster that is on the most famous Pink Floyd songs. And the story behind it is interesting. He had a guitar, a Strat, David Gilmore did. It got stolen. And so he was in New York City, and they were going to have a gig. This is back in the 60s. So he went to uh, Manny's Music, and he saw this black Strat, and he just he's like, I got to have a guitar because we're going to my other one got stolen so he bought that black strat and then he really liked it and over the years he modified it a bunch and changed the pickups changed the neck changed the like just really put a lot of modifications on it that guitar sold for three million nine hundred and seventy five thousand dollars the most money ever spent on a guitar eric clapton did this for his is that right eric clapton sold a bunch of guitars to pay for his uh addiction rehab place that he has in jamaica i believe yeah. where he um he, he's blackie and all his guitars sold but this the david gilmore guitar is the most in in jerry garcia sold his estate sold auctioned off a bunch of guitars and they i think they got seven figures but this is the most expensive ever uh, that's been sold the other one that was of interest he had a strat that the serial number on the strat uh, it was from 1956 i think or 55 was 001 and so many people believe that it was the very first strat it's not uh, it's it's maybe within the first year of the Strat. The first ever Stratocaster, for whatever reason, Leo Fender made it 0100, so 100. Like, he just picked a number, like, okay, we're going to start at a... Like, you know, when you get your checkbook register, it's like, I'm not going to start at 1. So he started at 100. That's mm. the very first Strat. But this one that's 001, they don't know why it has 001, but it did. Mm. That one sold, I think, for $1.8 So it turns out, this is the update on that. Um, Jim Ursay, the owner of the of the, the NFL Colts franchise, the Indianapolis Colts, Colts yeah. he's the one that spent five point two four five million dollars uh, on the Black Strat, the Blackie, and also the Martin D thirty five. And so then he he went out to Twitter and talked about um, honoring. He's like, I'm honored to buy these because the money's going to charity which I think is kind of a humble brag that he could spend over $5 million on two guitars. Mm. The guitars are going to go towards um, an, an earth conservation charity. This is what David Gilmore uh, cares about. I'm trying to find the name of it. Client Earth. It's a, a charity that hires lawyers to go out and to enforce conservation laws around the world and their motto is the earth needs a good lawyer mm. and so david gilmore thinks this is the most important issue in his life it is important in children so he, yeah. the 21 million dollars is going towards that he sort of said it was difficult but they're just sort of tools of the trade and that he can go and get new guitars mm. and before he did this it was actually i'm going to geek out for a minute okay he took the black guitar and fender said can we just see it we would like to recreate this guitar for you before you auction it off. And so he took it to Fender headquarters and the master guitar uh, uh, people there 
they measured everything, like down to the micron. They took like a, a 3D scan of this guitar. They put cal- digital calipers everywhere, photographs from every angle. They took it apart, photographed everything. Wow. They recreated that guitar down to like the type of screws that are in it. it it's incredible. And then they handed it to David Gilmore. Uh, the scratches, the paint job, like if there's a belt buckle scratch on the back, they recreated the belt buckle scratch. Like it's down to the paint finish. And if it ever got burned with a cigarette butt, like that cigarette butt burn is in this recreation. He said he picked it. They did this several times and they took several whacks at it. He said there's one of them that they did that's perfect. Hmm. So he, he, he auctioned off the one that's on Dark Side of the Moon. He now has a replica of the black guitar that is as close as you could get to the actual first guitar. And so that's the one David Gilmore is using now, but all the one, the Martin that was sold is like the, uh, on, on uh, dark side of the moon with all the acoustics. I wish you were here. All those songs were done on that guitar. And it's interesting the way he talks about it. Cause he's like, he'll pick up an instrument and he's like, the song fell out of it is the way he describes That's it. Awesome. So he's like, yeah. I was I was playing this music and this song fell out of it. Mm. And um, we, of course, it's in his inspiration, but uh, that was cool. And then just a quick shout out to, to the family of Neil Pert and the, to Rush fans everywhere that are going through an incredible loss. I didn't realize that Neil Pert had geoblastoma and was battling these last three years. Mm. Everyone says he was courageous. Uh, and a lot of people don't know, he wrote all the lyrics to the to the Rush songs, Getty Lee sang the lyrics, but it's Neil Peart that wrote them. So Tom Sawyer, Neil Peart was the one that wrote all of the lyrics to all of the, the greatest hits of, of Rush. Wow! And he's just obviously an incredible drummer. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people. I mean, you get out on the social channels, especially guys, forties, fifties, and sixties. They are mourning the loss of him, and they say what they loved about him is that he never. He never sold out, and he said that about himself too. But he felt like he never sold out as a as a drummer and a singer songwriter, and a, and a heck of a percussionist too. Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don show, uh, before we get out of here today, uh, I'm just going to read something real quick that I wrote, and it has to do with our jobs in terrestrial radio and the people that took over our jobs were let go this week, and I had so many people calling for my reaction. And I think my reaction is kind of surprising. In fact, it was surprising to a lot of them. It's not surprising to me. I don't think it was surprising to them. It might be surprising to you. We'll talk about that next. We'll see you in one minute. It's the Ron and Don Show. And don't forget to reach out to Ron. Ron at Windermere.com. That's Ron at Windermere.com if you want to do a Ron and Don sit-down. Let's find out where you're at on your real estate journey. Whether you're buying, selling, you want to be an investor, or you own a piece of property and just want to find out what the heck it's worth. Do a sit-down for Ron and Don. Ron at Windermere.com. Thanks for listening, you guys. I realize it's not easy. Charlie the dog and I have to listen to these two jokers every day. Don't forget, every time the guys close a real estate deal in 2020, a portion of their commission goes towards Charlie's Dinosaur. Find out more at ronanddon.com. Well, I want to thank everybody who's going out and sponsoring the show. We need you to do that, too. If you're part of the Ron and Don Nation and you want to be a part of something bigger than yourself, we ask you to do what Barbara Horton did, uh, Charles Greenwood did, and Jan Greenwood did. We thank them all. 
for going out to glow.fm slash Ronadon Radio. That's glow.fm slash Ronadon Radio. That's all in the show notes at the bottom of this episode. And this is episode number 56. And they pledge $5, 10 15 $20 in 2020 to help sponsor the show. Because we're doing three episodes a week, and we'd love to do one Monday through Friday. But in order to do that, we need your help. Just go to glow.fm slash Ronadon Radio. Before we get out of here today, I want to talk about this in a macro level, and then we'll make it a micro level. Uh, I, I, I'm... Ron and I lost our jobs in Terrestrial Radio uh, a year ago, and then the show that replaced us a year later, they were let go uh, the other day. And I'll talk about that in a moment because I felt compelled to write something, put it up on Facebook, which I've done. What is that thing, though, Ron, and all of us, where we want to know what happened? For instance, when you think about the number one episode uh, on our podcast is episode number one, the one that tens of thousands of people have listened to, and it's really about us leaving terrestrial radio and trying to explain to people uh, our side and what we feel like uh, happened. And to this day, people will oftentimes ask me what happened if I see them in a store or if I see them out uh, exercising or see them at the gym, whatever it is. And I just, I, what's great about having that episode is I just say, Hey, just go listen to episode Episode one, episode number one. And then if you have any questions after that, then let's have a discussion. What is that thing about us? Because I've had a lot of people reach out to me uh, this week, including some pretty famous publications, other radio stations, our colleagues, uh, people that work within that building where we used to work and outside. And then just a lot of listeners and everybody wants to slap five and, and celebrate the fact that this other radio show that replaced us didn't make it. And I'll give my reaction here in a moment. But what is that in us where when people struggle or we feel like something has failed, uh, we all go chasing that ambulance and sometimes in a celebratory kind of way, which makes me a little sick to my stomach. Yeah, actually. I mean, it just reminds it's the German word schadenfreude. Like it's, it's taking pleasure in the failure of someone else. Uh, and... I used to have that. Hmm. Like I used to have more of vindictiveness and I had to really go, does that serve me? Like, is it, is it a net positive in my life to celebrate the failure of other? And, and I get the instinct because if you feel like you were wronged or if you feel like something happened to you that you didn't want to happen, then there is a little rush that maybe can come when something bad happens to the person that you felt like harmed you. Mm. And so the, the twist on this, in a sense for me, is... That A, I've sort of worked on that and like tried to to do the thing I just said. And I was like, okay, it's not, it doesn't, me spending time, of course I wanted to know the real story of what happened. But A, I know I'm never going to get it. And then B, what am I going to do with it if I get it? Mm. Sort of like my dog used to chase these squirrels. Like you wouldn't know what to do with that squirrel if you caught it. Mm. Like, so yeah, you're expending all this energy to try to catch the squirrel. Yeah. But you're, A, you're never going to catch the squirrel. And then B, what do you want with a squirrel? Yeah. And so I, I felt a little bit like the dog going, okay, I'm just not going to chase the squirrel. Like there's no, if I, if I triumphantly one in a million chance I do catch the squirrel, what am I going to do with the squirrel? Like it, it's no value to me. And so I, I decided that it, it just wasn't worth my energy in that regard. Of course, there's still curiosity. Uh, of course, that exists. But uh, I'm not going to celebrate the failure of others. And it's really, it's misplaced in the sense that they didn't have control over replacing us. 
they weren't the ones that could pull on the lever that said keep Ron and Don or get rid of Ron and Don. So they're a layer removed from that. You're right. So if if I if if Schadenfreude really is a thing, then it's not Schadenfreude against them. Hmm. It would be Schadenfreude against the people that actually were making the moves, which yeah. is the behind the scenes, and nobody gets to hear from them. Yeah. And if you don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to episode number one, and then I think you'll know and you'll find out. Uh, what happened at the radio station. It's interesting because about a year and a half ago, uh, one of the hosts, in fact, the host that ended up taking over my chair, and we have different chairs and they're numbered in the studio, and he took over my chair. Uh, We were very close. And the reason we were very close is because we were both challenged fathers. And so I would talk about some things that I was learning as a father, and he would share some things that he was learning as a father. Uh, And he's a really good dad, and he was super helpful to me. And at the same time uh, that we're chatting, he'd also asked me to mentor him a little bit because uh, he was on a particular radio station and wanted off that radio station and wanted to do news talk uh, like we were doing. And so I would share with him from time to time some things that I was learning. And again, he would share. And I felt mentored by him, too, because uh, he had a lot of good things to share with me. Anyway, when all this went down, he was one of the first ones to reach out to me. And he sent me a beautiful note. It was a beautiful note. It's a beautiful letter. And, um, and, and he apologized. And he apologized for not telling me that he had known for a while that he was taking over my chair. And even while we were having these conversations, he couldn't say anything to me about it. And he, he, he apologized. So he's one of the ones that lost that job uh, this week. And I think they had a year contract and it was up. And I'm sure he'll land on his feet at another radio station because uh, he's a very a talented host. The first thing that I did is I reached out to him. And I didn't reach out to the other hosts, not that I wouldn't, but I just don't know them the way that I know this host. And I uh, let him know that these things do not define him, that he's a great talent, and that, uh, and that I still believed in him. And then he wrote me back uh, something, and I'll just share that. But we, we shared these private messages and, and after that, I felt like something really healed in me and I hope something really healed in him too. And I called him brother and I just said, Hey, every, everything that we have shared, especially when we talked about our kids, um, he has been so helpful to me and I want him to know that. And when I found out that that show was canceled the other day, it, 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 it broke my heart a little bit. I, I do not gloat. I do not spike the football. I do not think it's awesome that they tried something uh, and that that didn't work out because part of our legacy would be to have other shows that took over in that afternoon drive slot to have them succeed too. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the listeners and it's all about the cool stuff that we were able to do together and cause radio. And, uh, and also, it's about a brother and a sisterhood when it comes to broadcasting these jobs. Because as we saw the other day with Clear Channel, they wiped out 1,000 jobs, and a lot of those people will end up probably doing what we're doing today and report, recording a podcast as the face of broadcasting changes, and uh, all of us now can really be broadcasters too. So let me share this with you as uh, we get out of here on a Friday, episode number 56, and we appreciate everyone listening to The Ron and Don Show. This is what I wrote on my Facebook page. It just says, I've had publications, advertisers, and many of you reach out today. Uh, concerning more firings at my old radio station. And I wrote, I'm saddened to hear that the show that replaced us struggled and was let go. Uh, We were in their shoes one year ago uh, today this week. 
And I feel for them as broadcasters. And I really feel for them as human beings. They and their families, they will feel this for a bit. But I want them to know that the decision to let them go uh, doesn't define them. I hope many of you will reach out to them. Reach out to them the way that you reached out to us over a year ago. And you love on them the way that you loved on us. They need that right now. You carried us to a better place in life. And now let's help carry them. Uh, This is my public statement. And the last I'll have to say on the matter, love to y'all. Don of the Ron of Don. Everything ends in love this year. We'll end this podcast. Love. And to those guys, they'll all land on their feet. They'll be good. I can't wait to see where their journey takes them a year down the road. It's the Ron and Don Show. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time right here on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Ron and Don. <laughs>